When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Centrifuge. That's the nothing personal word of the day for Thursday, January 11th, 2024. And I want to give a shout out before we start the show to the PR people at New England and Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft. Thank you so much for letting the news go that you are leaving the Patriots at about 7.04 a.m., giving me 56 entire minutes to get ready for a live show that was ready to lead with Nick Saban, that earlier in the day was ready to lead with Pete Carroll. It felt like yesterday was the day that Farrah Fawcett passed away, getting ready to be on the cover of People Magazine, and then Michael Jackson died the same day, and they said, sorry, Farrah, you're no longer in the news. I wonder whether that's how Pete Carroll thought. He shouldn't have thought that way. He deserves his own segment. He'll get it. Nick Saban resigning from Alabama. That's the lead, greatest college coach of all time. I have a lot of thoughts in my head. That's a segment, getting ready, prepping with Coca, and then boom, the centrifuge bleeds out another casualty. I don't know if you don't know what that is, the centrifuge. Picture something spinning really fast, like the coaching carousel that people can't hold on anymore, so they're flying off. Picture when you go to a carnival and you get on that ride with the swings where you're on a swing and they put it up in the air and you're going around and you think you're going to fly off or the, the ride where you're strapped against the wall and the floor comes out and they're spinning you around so fast that you're just strapped against the wall. Sort of like what a centrifuge is. That's what I'm picturing the coaching carousel. I love the fact that it's not all on black Monday. That's so on brand for the NFL and for football in general. One day, forget that. We're going to take a week. We'll get it done before the playoffs start, and then we'll focus on the field. But don't hold me to everything in a day. But we're getting close to football games starting two days from now. So Bill Belichick leaving the Patriots, and everybody knew that except for me. I actually thought the Patriots would follow the San Antonio Spurs. They'd get the first pick in the draft. They would draft Caleb Williams. Bill Belichick would be revived like Greg Popovich with Wembanyama, and he would stay with the Patriots. The comfort of staying with the Patriots. Robert Kraft had other thoughts. So they sit down when the season ends. People are going to have a lot to say today about the Kraft-Belichick partnership. I want to get a few things in front of you here first. Number one, there is no more productive partnership in the history of sports than Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick. Yes, Tom Brady, fantastic. He was definitely a part of that. Maybe he was that. 
but an owner holding on to a coach for the number of years, having the success they've had, nine Super Bowls, six wins, most successful tandem. Robert Kraft during the course of the season had been dropping hints. Boy, we really got to make the playoffs this year. Very important year, as though he was hanging Bilicek out to dry. Not true. It's totally normal that Robert Kraft would say that when people stop buying green bananas, they start getting a sense of, hey, we got to start winning right now. We can't rebuild again. We can't waste another year, another season. I'm not getting any younger. But Robert Kraft, no matter how old he is, no matter who he's married to, what he's doing on his off days, there's one thing that he is aware of, and he's aware of the type of team he has. And his coach is not going to feed him a line of crap the way other coaches and managers do. Oh, we got this. You know, we're projected not to be good, but Bobby, don't you worry. We're a 10-win team. We're going to make those playoffs. Robert Kraft was pretty clear, should have been clear-headed that the Patriots were not making the playoffs. Why would he move on from Belichick? Do you know when you've been with someone for 40 years? And you're just resigned to that fact. And I'm not in that position, but I met people like that, old married couples. Not all of them are out of a Nicholas Sparks novel. Some of them are just getting through it, just sort of saying, hey, what am I going to do? My uncle used to say that to me. I've had many people say that to me. Hey, it is what it is. This is my bed and I'm lying down in it. I thought that that was the relationship that Bill and Robert had. I actually thought that they would go into the end and then that would be it. That one of them would die in office. But there are people who want to see what's out there. What could be different? When you're an owner of a team, there's nothing to do except to have a different employee. You bring in a different coach, you bring in a different GM, you bring in a different team president, but you're still the owner of the same team. You're still going to the same place. You're finding other ways to satisfy your desire to take over the world with ancillary businesses or development. But when you're the coach who's been in the same place, and we saw yesterday Eric Spolster re-signed, we've talked about Popovich and Belichick was always in those conversations. Some point you're looking around and saying, I wonder whether the grass could be greener. I wonder what it would be like just to wear different colors, to be in a different city, to have a hoodie of different colors. I get that, the desire to explore, except Belichick has been with other teams before. You recall he won a Super Bowl as the Giants defensive coordinator. This is not, this is not a schlepper. But at the end of the day, when the meetings happened between the Pats and the, between, it was really just between Robert and Bill, do you think they knew their decision yesterday? Because I do think they just came to this conclusion at a 5 a.m. meeting. No chance, toilet pants. You think they didn't give this to Ian Rappaport or someone else and said, all right, you can release this tomorrow, but I don't want to really get in the way of the Saban news. I wonder whether Saban said, I don't want to get in the way of the Carroll news. Oh, I don't care. I'll get in the way of that. But do you think Belichick said, oh, no, I want a day. I want my own day. But he doesn't get his own day because people are still dealing with Saban today. They dealt with it live yesterday, but they're still dealing with it today. So why did the news come out at 7 a.m. this morning? Maybe as a, as a joke to the media. Hey, hurry up. Change your rundowns. 
Bill Belichick is going to be had to be at a press conference this morning with Robert Kraft, and you can expect one thing to be clear. There will be zero animosity. And the way you know that is how often does an owner do a press conference with his outgoing coach? When Vrabel gets fired, when anybody gets fired, it's two separate things. Sometimes we let the coach meet the press. Other times we're like, hey, you want to speak to the media, let the media call. You can do a phoner if you want. Our press room is for current employees only. But the legacy of Bill indicates that you sit at a table with Robert. And they are going to spin a yarn and it's going to be truthful. And I like to show you the truth and try to be not cynical, but pragmatic about what's happening. I firmly believe that Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick looked at each other and said, let's see what someone else tastes and smells like. And they both agreed. There's so many openings right now that Belichick is pretty confident that he's going to have another job. Let me tell you how confident Belichick is that he's going to have another job. He's already spoken to either Josh Harris, Arthur Blank, two teams that in theory will be interested in having Belichick. You think they woke up this morning and the team president is waking them up. Hey, Josh, wake up, wake up. Belichick's leaving the Patriots. It's not how it happens in the real world. In the real world, Belichick's agent, Belichick himself, it's known. It's, it's going to be over. It may have been known a month ago, six weeks ago. How quickly do you think Belichick will be announced as a new head coach? I'm taking a year off to spend with my family. No, that's not how Bill talks. I'm taking a year off because I want to travel with my erstwhile girlfriend. No, that's not how Bill talks. Well, you're going to hear him say, and he's going to say it vociferously and clearly at today's press conference. I leave here with nothing but fond memories and appreciation for Robert Kraft in my time with the New England Patriots. That said, I don't feel tired at all. I don't want to retire. I am looking forward to my next opportunity and having an opportunity to lead a new group of young men and show them what it is to be the last team standing. I want that seventh ring. Commanders wouldn't be a bad choice. They got the number two pick in the draft. They have an owner who has a ton of money willing to manipulate the cap, spend it, focus on it. He's so embarrassed from the last season. I think it'd be pretty amazing if he goes to Washington and actually has the Commanders draft the player who New England wants at three, who he would have drafted at three if he were still with New England. I wonder if he and Kraft spoke about that. Hey, you could, we're going to part ways, but please don't go to the Commanders. It's sort of like when you're married or you're dating someone and then you break up and the, someone says, hey, just don't date that person, that other person. Do anything, but don't stay in this neighborhood. And then you do exactly what your ex-spouse or your former girlfriend asks you not to do. That's just funny. Phil Belichick, there would be no small irony if he did that. But you will hear this press conference. It will not be a regular press conference when you've got a guy who won 17 division titles. The narrative changed quite a bit after Brady left. Oh, maybe it was all Brady and none of it was Bill. Maybe not. You need the combination of both to have the sort of success to win 17 division titles. 
You need that. So Bill Belichick, watch that press conference. We'll talk about it tomorrow. We have a bunch of stuff to get to both today and tomorrow, but we will talk about how that press conference goes because we'll be interested to hear how they manifest their love for each other and whether or not I'm right about what Belichick says about his life going forward. Kraft will be asked who's next, and he will have to give a different sort of answer, even though he already knows who he wants. He will not be able to say that. What Kraft will have to say is, hey, we're going through an entire exhaustive process that starts now. I expect it to be concluded quickly. Hey, anybody have any mustard for my sandwich? That'll be his hint that he's hiring Mayo. Although now that Vrabel's available, what if he just brings in Vrabel? Maybe that would be, maybe Mayo was his intention, but now Vrabel's availability, which he had no idea about, changed everything. Or maybe people will say, once Vrabel got fired, Kraft went into Belichick and said, you're gone, I want Vrabel back. No, that's not what happened. We had two wait to sees about Belichick. I wanna cover them both because on this show, when we're wrong, we tell you, on October 17th, I told you Belichick would return to the Patriots with Caleb Williams. No, Belichick is not returning to the Patriots. I got it wrong. But on November 27th of 2023, Matthew Coca, in a guest appearance, said that Brandon Staley, Frank Reich, Ron Rivera, and Bill Belichick will all be gone at the end of the year. You wait to see. And that was before anyone was gone. And those were four coaches who, at that point, you were like, really? There's no way Coca's going four for four on that. But he did. Well done, Coca. In other news, Nick Saban retired. Nick Saban must be so annoyed. Although if you're a college fan, you're more focused on Nick Saban. I'm going to go through in your mind. Strike that. Ready? 4869. I want to go through for you in my mind what was going through Nick Saban's mind. Not when he wakes up this morning to hear about Belichick. What was going through his mind when he decided to retire from Alabama and the news people are acting shocked by it. And I've spent the better part of the last year talking about Nick Saban. And when I do mention him on my show, it's always in the same vein. It's he's got to be sick of this. He's got to be despondent with the new rules, the transfer portal, NIL. And I would always say that Nick Saban is upset that the playing field has gotten more equal. People can stand up and spend money on players. There's full free agency in college. You're constantly trying to stop your players from being poached. You're constantly trying to figure out how much you have to pay all of your players. Nick Saban used to pay his players under the table through boosters, playing by his own set of rules, succeeding by his own set of rules. And when everyone else got a chance to do what he was doing, all of a sudden, Alabama looked more ordinary. When he looked at the loss to Washington and the CFP, he looked at his team and said, you know what? 72 years old, sick of riding a helicopter into some high school. And instead of them looking at me and genuflecting in my direction, they're looking at me and saying, hey, open your wallet. What do you got for me? I got Coach Cocktoasting right over here with the Pop-Tart Bowl telling me he'll give me 200K. 
not relevant, Coca, but did you read about the irrelevant bow? This is TV gone wild. They're going to take the two worst teams in college football, like Mr. Relevant and the Draft Rock Purdy. They're going to match them up together and play a bowl game called the Irrelevant Bowl. That's the greatest thing ever, and it's going to be bought by somebody. Coke is telling me it'll never happen. Dollar, let's just make it a wait to see. You're telling me that there won't be a network. What was the CW network invented for but to have the Irrelevant Bowl? You're telling me that no team or coach would allow it. And I'm telling you a president would walk in and say, hey, tell me again, we're getting paid 100K to play a bowl game after a one in 14 season? Hell yeah. I'll give you an official, you know what, Coca? I'll go official wait to see right now. They will have an irrelevant bowl sponsored by Tostitos on network television. Have you not met your CEO, John Skipper, when he was at ESPN, he would have had two rats play with helmets on, called it football, put it on ESPN, the Ocho, and paid the rights for it. And you would have watched it, you meaning the audience. Telling me you wouldn't tune in for that. Make that an official way to see. Put it in the document on davidsampsonpodcast.com. There will be an irrelevant bull. What were we talking about? Centrifuge. Have we talked Belichick yet? All right, number two. Nick Saban retires. I have a note here. Could it be NIL related? No SS, David. Obviously it is. He won seven national championships, six at Alabama, one at LSU. Nick Saban did a statement. I want to read it to you. It was pretty good. Ready? The University of Alabama has been a very special place to Terry and me. That is great grammar. Most people would try to sound smart and say it's been a very special place to Terry and I, and they'd be incorrect. What a great start to a statement. We've enjoyed every minute of our 17 years. I don't love that hyperbole. No one enjoys every minute of any job they have, of any life they have. You can be the richest person, the poorest person. No one enjoys every minute. So don't talk in platitudes like that because you lose credibility. I loved every minute of my time with you, sweetheart. We've enjoyed every minute of our 17 years being the head coach at Alabama, as well as becoming a part of the Tuscaloosa community. It's not just about how many games we won and lost, but it's about the legacy and how we went about it. Oy. We always try to do it the right way. Uh, not exactly. The goal was always to help players create more value for their future. True that. Make sure you save all the money you're getting under the table. Be the best player they could be and be more successful in life because they were part of the program. That sounds a little Scott Borsi. I wonder whether Nick Saban follows up and is in touch with all of his ex-players. Are they all doing well? Seems unlikely. But that's an unfair level of scrutiny to put on somebody. No manager follows up with all of his old players. No coach does. There's too many. You can't keep in touch with all of them. And you do feel badly when you look at a player. Is it Jack McKean's fault that Ugi are being a served time in a Turkish prison? And that's an airplane joke, but he did serve time. It was just Venezuela. Is it my fault that Justin Wayne was behind bars? No. It happens. Bad things happen to bad people. Bad things happen to people with good arms. What's Nick Saban's legacy? 
I guess he's going to be known as the greatest college coach of all time. He's not going to coach somewhere else. He's not the same as Belichick. He's not retiring so he can play somewhere else. So he can coach somewhere else. He doesn't want to be in the pros. That didn't work well in Miami. Sort of like Urban Meyer a little bit. Nick Saban goes to Miami and didn't quite work well. He got zero titles with the Dolphins. Able to do one with LSU, six with Alabama. Does he join game day and replace Lee Corso? I think that that's exactly what Norby Williamson would want. Replace a 85-year-old with a 72-year-old. I think that's the exact type of demographics ESPN is looking for. If Nick Saban wants to do some, some desk work, they may give it to him. But it's hard to say that he wants to spend more time with his family and grandkids if he's working his ass off doing a pregame show. You may think that's not a lot of work, but it's a ton of work to prepare and be on those shows. It's just as much work Tom Brady calling a game as a color analyst versus doing the pregame show. It's a lot every weekend. I think Nick Saban just retires. I think he goes away. He runs his businesses, spends time in his Florida home, and then tries to see if any other coach can ever approach his success. That's what I think will happen. Big news. I don't get why people, Coca, can you explain to me why it's big news, breaking news, when a somebody decommits from Alabama? Do we think that people are committing to colleges these days because of the coaches? Like Deion Sanders goes to Colorado. All right, I'm in. I'll come to Colorado. I want to be with you. Hey, are you, are you paying me? No. Oh, well, all right. What, what's the deal with that? People are going to Alabama just because Nick Saban is going to help them win a college championship. But now that Nick Saban's gone, the team's going to be worse. But they're hiring all these rumors of names. These are not schlepper coaches who are coming in. Or are they coming in with their own guys, their own recruits? So Nick Saban really liked me. He set me up with this great NIL deal. He loves the way I catch the ball. I just found it strange that it's big news that people are already recommitting. I can't imagine. Coca, the thing that Coca and I had a small conversation about before the show started is, does anyone want the Alabama job? And my answer is, hell yeah. You like pressure, too much pressure following Belichick in New England? No. Too much pressure following Saban in Alabama? No. Why is it too much pressure? Alabama was known as one of the premier jobs in the country. If you've got a job of a great, in a great school, but a level below Alabama, you want to take the next step and you want to go to Alabama. You want to be another in the long line. That's like saying, why would Bill Coward take the Steelers job when Chuck Noll was there? Why would Jimmy Johnson want to coach the Dolphins when Tom Landry was there? Why would anyone want to coach the Spurs? I got news for you. They're going to be lining up to coach the Spurs or the Warriors after Steve Kerr or the Heat after Eric Spolstra. There's really no difference in my mind at all. So all of this is going on with Saban, with Belichick. And I thought the biggest news of the day is what the Seahawks did to Pete Carroll because they did him dirty. They let Pete Carroll meet the media after the Seahawks season and say how much he was looking forward to coaching next season. Let him tell the media, I am invigorated. I'm 72, but feeling young, chipper, and spry. I want to coach this team. And then three days later, 
Jody Allen, the owner of the Seahawks, not the real owner of the Seahawks. The trust owns the Seahawks. She's the executor, the representative for her brother, Paul Allen, for a team that needs to get sold, might I add. But Jody Allen likes being in the media, I guess. Announces that Pete Carroll is no longer going to coach the Seahawks. But thank you. We love you so much, Pete, that we're going to have you as a trusted advisor. Horse hockey. Every time we say we're bringing an old coach back as an advisor, it is absolutely done as eyewash. We don't involve, hey, come to the winter meetings, hang out, come to games, shake hands, say hi to fans. Hey, who do you think should be our next quarterback? Oh, we never called our old coach about that. Hey, what do you think of the, should be our first 10 scripted plays? Never called our old coach about that. What about this defensive formation? Never called our old coach about that. I'd like some advice as to what color the seat should be going forward. Ah, let's call our old coach about that. That's what Pete Carroll is now. They made him an advisor. This guy was the fourth longest tenured coach in the NFL. This guy brought the only Super Bowl championship to Seattle, a legend in Seattle. One of three guys to win. We're complimenting Saban. We're complimenting Bill Belichick, the winningest coaches in the NFL and in college football, not respectively. Pete Carroll, he won at USC. He won in Seattle. Do you know the total number of coaches who have done that? Three. Saban, nope. Belichick, nope. Barry Switzer, Jimmy Johnson. Thank God for Dallas. There was a time when Dallas was winning Super Bowls and Jerry Jones was the GM. It just hasn't happened since before 82.9% of you were born. Jody Allen wants us to believe that the decision was made to get rid of Pete Carroll after thoughtful meetings and careful consideration for the best interest of the franchise. That's page two of the owner handbook when you're firing a legend. You have to say they were very thoughtful. You have to say there was careful, careful consideration. And you always have to use the catch-all in the best interest of the franchise. I'm not exactly sure how that works. When asked about his advisory role, Picaro said, hey, we'll figure that out. I really don't know. We don't really know right now, he said. I'm grateful for the intention that the organization has to try to find something that makes sense. So we'll see. I don't know. Not going to happen. NGTH. What do you think? He's going to sit there? It's completely ridiculous. You know what I would do if I were Pete Carroll? I would literally say to Jody Allen, I'm not giving you this ramp. I wanted to coach next year. If you don't want me to coach, fire me. Because I got to tell you, if you think that I'm going to be like your grandpa and put me in a corner and then pretend that I'm important, but let me calcify, that's embarrassing to me. I'm too young for that. I'm not ready for that. I don't want to be in a home. That's what it's like to be an advisor. It's like when you stick your grandpa in a nursing home and you say, hey, we'll visit every day. And for the first three days, you visit every day. And then you start going once a week. And then you start going once every three weeks. <laughs> and you stop going. God, that makes me sound terrible. That's how it goes. You know that's how it goes. Pete Carroll, your advisor, come to the draft. Very important. Very important we have your input. Two years from now, you're not even on the confidential phone list. 
boy, did Jody do him dirty. They're so lucky that Saban and Belichick are in the news today because no one's going to talk about Pete Carroll. Nobody. Done. He's totally Farrah Fawcett. That's it. Nobody. Very, very sad. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to review a movie that is ranked in my top 100. I don't remember what number, Coca. It's called Continental Divide. We generated a number last year, last week. And then we're going to generate a number live for the movie I'm going to review next Thursday. Because for 100 straight Thursdays, except for the one I missed, damn it, we're going to review a movie from my top 100 and then tell you what I think of it because I'm going to watch it again. And then we're going to go through something that's going on inside the offices of the NFL that I do believe you will be interested in because layoffs are coming to a theater near you. We'll be right back. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson coming at you with Matthew Coca. Thank you for rating, reviewing, subscribing for all the things that you do, especially going to the sports. Sport. Come on. I'm trying to pump myself, promote myself, and do a read. But I'm also trying to get on Safari here and do random. I'm trying to do too many things at once on a live show. This is, we're a very lean ship, folks. There's nobody here. It's just me and Coca. So I'm trying to do random number generator while I've got no glasses on and trying to promote the fact that we have a chance to win a bunch of awards. By going to sportspodcastgroup.com, we're up for best sports business podcast. You can vote till January 19th. That's eight more days, please. Nominations are fine. You know how I feel about winning. Winning. I don't mean like Charlie Sheen type of winning. I mean like actual, let's take the podium and record a speech type of winning. Thanking the Academy type of winning. Mantle place type of winning putting it on the bottom of a chain type of winning. Continental Divide stars John Belushi and Blair Brown. It's number 92 on my list, and I watched it again this week, and I think it needs to be higher. It is, uh, I want to tell you why I love it and why you're going to say it's old and I won't watch it, and it's from way before I was born. Let me ask if this sort of plot is something, first of all, John Belushi is brilliant, period. And he's brilliant, funny, and he can be a leading man as evidenced in this movie. Have you ever fallen in love with someone and you don't know why? You're not alike in any way. You are completely attached to what you do and where you do it. And the person you're in love with is completely attached to who they are and what they do and where they do it. And yet, there is some sort of connection, some sort of chemistry. There is something about the story between John Belushi and Blair Brown. He is a columnist in Chicago. She is a bird woman, ornithologist, or an, I'm totally blanking, Coca, or an, 
orthology, ornithology. They both sound wrong to me, but one of them I think is right, but I can't look it up because I've got the random number generator up right now in Safari. Coco will tell me, probably after the show, or you'll tell me, one of you will tell me. She's a bird woman studying eagles. And he wants to interview her. And he's got to get to her. He's got to climb a mountain. She lives in the mountains. The movie is spectacular. Alan Garfield plays the editor, Alan Garfield from Let It Ride. Alan Garfield, you may have heard of him. You'll laugh and you'll cry. What is it, Coca? You're about- it is an ornithologist. Every once in a while, I want to give a shout out right now as though I won an award. I want to thank Horace Mann for in between the diddling, you taught me a lot. Continental Divide, if you can find it, it's on Apple, you can buy it. And I love love stories like this. Love stories of two people you wouldn't think, how is that possible? Love stories where they say, you know what? I choose us and I choose me. What a great thing. It's okay to choose yourself, but also choosing us, choosing the relationship. The end of Continental Divide, for me, of any romantic comedy, of any brilliant movie in my top 100, the last shot of Continental Divide is everything. Watch the movie just for the end and tell me that you don't feel the same way. All right, random number generator time. You see where we are. Oh, I lost it. That's, oh, there it is. Okay, one to one, just to let you know. I'm showing the camera. One, one, one. Now I'm changing the one to 100. Here I go, Coca. You have to tell me if we've had this number. Generating, what do we got? 72, I think we've done 72. Is that possible? Have we? So we're gonna do another number. No, oh yes! 72 is Tootsie. I'll review that next week. People are not happy with Tootsie because Dustin Hoffman cross-dresses and plays a woman to get a job because women couldn't get jobs and people are like canceling Tootsie. As a reflection of its time, Tootsie was a brilliant movie directed by Sidney Pollack and I will watch it again. Tootsie and Continental Divide have something in common and it's something that you will never guess. And I don't want to take up any more time by asking you to guess, but I'm just going to give it to you. The theme song from Tootsie and the theme song from Continental Divide are both on my running playlist. That's a true story. All right. Nothing personal pick of the day. Did you see the Pacers won by seven and a half? They actually won by eight. The line had moved to eight and a half. But yesterday morning, we had the Pacers seven and a half over the Jordan Poole-led Wizards. That's a win. Sometimes we get screwed. Sometimes we don't. In this case, all of us got it. We are four and four. We're back. We started the season 0 and 4. We're now in a four-game winning streak. We're still down, I think, a shekel because of the way it works because we've lost four units. That's 40 bucks. And we've won four units, which is probably 36 bucks. So I think we're probably still down 0.4 units with a 500 record, which makes tonight's pick critical. The New York Knicks are undefeated with the new OG the Dallas Mavericks with Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic. When is Mark? Oh, it's not Mark Cuban's issue anymore. President of baseball ops, my ass. The Edelsons are going to look at themselves and say, Kyrie Irving and Luka? Damn it, Mark. What are you doing? That said, 
Mavericks at home getting three and a half. Maybe this is for my childhood, but going into Dallas and beating Dallas, it was always impossible for us, even when it was just Rolando Blackman on the Mavericks and Mel Tarpley. That name may be wrong. He may have been on the Jazz. Who was the guy who wore the goggles, played for the Mavericks? You won't get it, Coca. Likely it was while you were a child, while you were teething. Anyway, we're taking the Mavs. We're taking the points. The Knicks are not going to go undefeated after the trade. All right. Did you do it, Coca? Did you play the music? You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. Brought to you by, that's the segment where we, from the movie Half-Baked, it's a segment where you go into davidsampsonpodcast.com, ask a question, get on Twitter, David P. Samson. You can even try it on Instagram, though I don't know how to see questions on Instagram or TikTok or all the other places where Coca, all these other shows have these people doing social media for them. They hire other people. Pablo Torre has 10 people doing, actually he's got like 14 people doing what Coca does by himself. Coca does our videos. He cuts our shorts, does everything. Thank you, Coca. One of the things that uh, he did is that music. It's from a movie called Half Baked. For those of you new to the show, Samson was a character in Half Baked and people wanted to talk to him. So get yourself fully baked and ask me a question. If it's, I'll try to answer it either on the show or online, but there's too many. I can't get to all of them, so I apologize. But I'll tell you one thing. You can rest assured that whatever you write, we are reading. Every single one of them. Hello, David. That's always, that does catch my attention. Hello. The NFL has record viewers and everyone is rich. Why are they firing 200 people? All right. I'm sorry. I'm not going to call it the name of the person who did this, who wrote this question. I love the hello, David. Thank you. I would just like to point out the following. The NFL is not firing 200 people. What you are referring to is a story that came out two days ago that the NFL has approached about 200 employees who work in the corporate offices and have presented them with a voluntary retirement package. Well, that seems like a fancy word for shit canned. No. Here's when companies do voluntary retirement packages. When they've got a bunch of old white people who they want to get out of there so they can become more diverse and younger. When they're running a business that is changing and you're no longer putting cars together by hand, but you're running machines that put the cars together by robot. When the set of skills that you have is no longer as relevant because PR is not about clipping newspaper articles. Instead, it's about figuring out Twitter and Twitch and Tweet or X. The world is changing. The NFL, it is a juggernaut. You know that with ratings, with revenue. But they're not satisfied. The owners aren't satisfied. They want more. They want $6.5 billion for the commanders to be a floor, not a ceiling. The NFL is an entity. The front office of the NFL is actually paid for by the owners. The budget for the commissioner and the commissioner's office 
is split amongst the 32 NFL teams. They count on Roger Goodell not just to be their meat shield, but also to be the CEO of that front office. Companies, Amazon's an example. They came out yesterday. They're going to lay off a bunch of people from Prime Video. You know the ESPN layoffs that happened. Layoffs are happening everywhere. Facebook or Meta, whatever they call it. Layoffs happen when there's irrational exuberance as it relates to expansion and you bring in a ton of people and then all of a sudden you realize that you overhired and there's not enough work for everyone to do and certain people can do many other people's positions. So you're trying to whittle your workforce because the general rule of thumb is in order to become more profitable, you lower your expenses and raise your revenue. Now you can only raise your revenue and keep your expenses the same. You'll make more money. You can lower your expenses and keep your revenue the same. That would be the dream because you make more money. And then the absolute mana is lowering your expenses while increasing your revenue. Boy, that'd be amazing. And that's what the NFL is trying to do. But there's something called lawsuits. I don't know if you know this, but human resources, the HR department, they now call it the people department, the chief people officer. That's a very funny thing. Like with baseball, when uh, the Red Sox hired Chaim Bloom and they named him the chief baseball officer. Oh, that's so cute. He's your GM. I thought it was cute enough when we called people president of baseball operations. So ridiculous. He's your GM. We can call him anything you want. That's the job they're doing. Chief happiness officer. HR departments are getting, are responsible to meet with employees when there's going to be a termination. You never do it one-on-one, -on -one, by the way. You never terminate with just one person in the room. They can become a he said, he said, he said, she said, she said, they said. It has to be multiple people. When you fire someone, you ask them to sign a document. It's a separation agreement. And that separation agreement is a severance package. If they don't sign it, you don't give them the severance package. They've got to sign an agreement and that agreement says, we're not going to sue you. I am not going to sue you for firing me. I'm taking my money. Voluntary retirement is when you go to somebody and say, hi, you're old. I want to get rid of you, but I'm going to pay you a lot. As a matter of fact, I'll give you three weeks for every year you've been here. I've been here 15 years. That's great. I'll give you 45 weeks. Why would the NFL do that? When you fire somebody and you pay them severance, you actually get to take all of the money that would be owed to them and you get to put it into the current year from a booking standpoint. That's finances, that's accounting. There are advantages to that, to raising your expenses on the books for a particular year. There are tax benefits to it. It also guarantees what your future liability will be because you no longer have a question about how long that person will be there, what that person's severance will be. It all gets taken care of. And the reason why you call it voluntary is that you are not firing the person. They are taking an act. They are signing a document saying, we will take the severance. So I ask you this, find me one person who's ever been asked to take a voluntary early retirement and ask them, do you think that you were pushed out? 100 out of 100 of them will say yes. 100 out of 100 of them will say, this feels like being fired. It is, I'm sorry, except 
we get to call it something else. And we don't know the number. So it's not that the NFL, as you asked in your question, is firing 200 people. They are giving 200 people the chance to say they were fired when legally they weren't. And that is a subtle yet very, very important difference. The NFL is not happy that this got out there. I can promise you that. Employees, that you always give employees time. They get an envelope. You open the envelope. Dear John Gottostin, let me start by saying we value you at the NFL so much. You've been so great to us. As a good standing member of our company for 17 years, we would be honored to offer you the privilege of the following severance package. Should you choose to accept this mission, Ethan, you will receive boop and then blank, 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 blank. And then it's signed. We'd like to hear back from you because this offer expires on February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day. If we don't hear from you, we will assume you don't want it. Then we're going to make your life so miserable that you're going to wish you took it, except it won't be on the table. Oh, shit. I'm not supposed to say that. That's supposed to be unwritten. That's supposed to be the rumor. Hey, what happens if we don't take it? Are we still going to get the best jobs and the best projects? Are we going to be in charge of the irrelevant bowl? The league, of course, had to release a statement about it. And they did. And it was a pretty funny statement that they're working to adapt to the changing business environment. Code word, we want to fire a bunch of old people. We want to align resources with key investment opportunities. Code word, we're cutting expenses. We're continuously evaluating ways to enhance efficiency and improve outcomes. Code word, we can have one computer do what four human beings were doing. That's why I don't like statements around voluntary retirements or around changes in your workflow, changes in the number of employees you have. I think that the statement could have been very simple. Yes, it is true that we've offered 200 people severance agreements, voluntary retirement. Why? Because it's just business. Thanks for all your service. It's nothing personal. 